0: We're up to Leviticus 25. Yahweh said to Moses on Mount Sinai Speak to the children of Israel and tell them When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to Yahweh. You shall sow your field six years, and you shall prune your vineyard six years, and gather in its fruits. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land a sabbath to Yahweh you shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard what grows of itself in your harvest you shall not reap and you shall not gather the grapes of your undressed vine it shall be a year of solemn rest for the land the sabbath of the land shall be for food for you for yourself for your servant for your maid for your hired servant and for your stranger who lives as a foreigner with you for your livestock also And for the animals that are in your land shall all its increase be for food. You shall count off seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, and there shall be to you the days of seven Sabbaths of years, even forty-nine years. Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. You shall sound the trumpet throughout all your land. You shall make the fiftieth year holy. And proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee to you. And each of you shall return to his own property. And each of you shall return to his family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall not sow, neither reap, that which grows of itself, nor gather from the undressed vines. For it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat of its increase out of the field." In this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his property. If you sell anything to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee, you shall buy from your neighbor. According to the number of years of the crops, he shall sell to you. According to the length of the years, you shall increase its price. And according to the shortness of the years, you shall diminish its price. For he is selling the number of the crops to you. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am Yahweh your God. Therefore, you shall do my statutes, and keep my ordinances, and do them, and you shall dwell in the land in safety. The land shall yield its fruit, and you shall eat your fill, and dwell therein in safety. If you said, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow, nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing to you on the sixth year, and it shall bear fruit for the three years. You shall sow the eighth year, and eat of the fruits from the old store until the ninth year. Until its fruits come in, you shall eat the old store. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and live as foreigners with me. In all the land of your possession you shall grant a redemption for the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells some of his possessions, then his kinsman who is next to him shall come and redeem that which his brother has sold. If a man has no one to redeem it, and he becomes prosperous and finds sufficient means to redeem it, then let him reckon the years since its sale, and restore the surplus to the man to whom he sold it, and he shall return to his property. But if he isn't able to get it back for himself, then what he has sold shall remain in the hand of him who has bought it, until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, it shall be released, and he shall return to his property. If a man sells a dwelling house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it has been sold. For a full year, he shall have the right of redemption. If it isn't redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city shall be made sure in perpetuity to him who bought it throughout his generations, it shall not be released in the Jubilee. But the houses of the villages which have no walls around them shall be accounted for with the fields of the country. They may be redeemed, and they shall be released in the Jubilee. Nevertheless, in the cities of the Levites, the Levites may redeem the houses in the cities of their possession at any time. The Levites may redeem the house that was sold and the city of the possession, and it shall be released in the Jubilee, for the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. But the field of the pasture lands of their cities may not be sold, for it is their perpetual possession. If your brother has become poor, and his hand can't support himself among you, then you shall uphold him. He shall live with you like an alien and a temporary resident. Take no interest from him or profit, but fear your God, that your brother may live among you. You shall not lend him your money at interest, nor give him your food for profit. I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, to give you the land of Canaan, and to be your God. If your brother has grown poor among you, and sells himself to you, you shall not make him to serve as a slave. As a hired servant, and as a temporary resident, he shall be with you, He shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. Then he shall go out from you, he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family and to the possession of his fathers. For they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as slaves. You shall not rule over him with harshness, but shall fear your God. As for your male and female slaves, whom you may have from the nations that are around you, From them you may buy male and female slaves. Moreover, of the children of the aliens who live among you, of them you may buy, and of their families who are with you, which they have conceived in your land, and they will be your property. You may make them an inheritance for your children after you, to hold for a possession. Of them you may take your slaves forever. But over your brothers, the children of Israel, you shall not rule one over another with harshness. If an alien or temporary resident with you becomes rich, and your brother beside him has grown poor, and sells himself to the stranger or foreigner living among you, or to a member of the stranger's family, after he is sold, he may be redeemed. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or his uncle's son may redeem him, or any who is a close relative of him, of his family may redeem him, or if he has grown rich, he may redeem himself." He shall reckon with him who bought him from the year that he sold himself to the year of jubilee. The price of his sale shall be according to the number of years he shall be with him according to the time of a hired servant. If there are yet many years according to them, he shall give back the price of his redemption out of the money that he was bought for. If there remain but a few years to the year of jubilee, then he shall reckon with him according to his years of service He shall give back the price of his redemption. As a servant hired, year by year, he shall be with him. He shall not rule with harshness over him in your sight. If he isn't redeemed by these means, then he shall be released in the year of jubilee, he and his children with him. For to me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants, whom I bought out of the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. definitely different times back then to now. One of the things in this chapter is this idea of a Sabbath year. We all know about a Sabbath day. Work six days, have a day off. Well, now the Lord is saying that the land needs a Sabbath year. So you could farm and harvest the land for six years, but in the seventh year, you were not allowed to do anything. And um, so you know, we've le- we we know in modern times that that's actually good for the land, and uh, because the land has nutrients in it, like nitrogen and other and other elements. And if you keep on farming over and over and over, you deplete the land. And what we do in modern times is we just pour bucket loads of fertilizer in to make up for that. But there's no fertilizer here in the Bible, and what the Lord is saying is in the effect of putting, that Sabbath year is allowing the land to get back its nutrients. It's just practical. But as well as that of course, there's lessons to be learned as well. And um, so if you're an Israelite living back then, and you're a savvy, smart thinking um, person, how would you handle a whole year of no harvests? Well first of all, The passage tells us that the Lord said he would bless the land in the sixth year so that there would be enough for three years. There'd be enough in year six for them to eat, enough in year seven for them to eat, and enough in year eight for them to plant. So that's the Lord's word. But I've also listened to some commentators, um, and one of these is um, Dr. Creasy from Logos Bible Study, and he said that, that he's um, some people he knows who are Jews who live in Israel today. And what they do (laughs) is they actually let their land sit for a year and they go and hire someone else's land and they grow their crops somewhere else that year. And uh, so that's a practical way they get around it. And that works today. Now, we don't have to follow these laws because we've got Christ. But today, of course, the whole land of Israel isn't following this system. So when someone's giving their block of land a break, there's going to be another block of land free to use. But in the time of, of Israel, if they were doing it properly, the whole land, of course, would, uh, would be having its Sabbath at the same time. So that would not have worked. And, um, but we do see in the story of Joseph... That in Egypt, during the famine, Joseph stored up grain for many years, and then when the years of famine came, there was grain. And so savvy Israelites would store up grain. They wouldn't eat it all. They'd make it the same way we do for retirement. You know, people save their money, and they know that the day is coming, and they may not be able to work, but they'll have funds and resources. So smart Israelites would just take into account the fact that this was needed for the land. And the smart thing, too, was that if you didn't do this, your land would deteriorate in its harvest, harvest quality as time went on because it wouldn't have the nutrients in the ground to produce as much. So the Sabbaths were actually good for the land and they helped to maintain good harvests. So that's the practical side of it, but the truth is that they actually didn't do it. The children of Israel didn't practice these Sabbaths and they also didn't practice the Jubilees that they were supposed to do either. And so we come later on in the Bible And we find out that when the Babylonians came to attack, the children of Israel hadn't followed the Lord. They hadn't put into place the laws and hadn't obeyed the Lord. The Lord sent the Babylonians. The Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and took them all away. And the prophet Daniel, he predicted that this was going to happen. And he said that they would be in exile for 70 years because of the 70 Sabbath years that had not been kept. So they'd been in the land for 490 years um but in all of that time they hadn't kept these sabbath years and i guess what happens is um dr creasy was the was the man that was explaining this and he said that what happens is is that you get to the first sabbath year and you you know maybe the first time around you are trying to do this but you you see down the road that someone else isn't doing it and it seems They don't get struck down by lightning or nothing bad seems to happen to them. So the next time around, (laughs) you don't do it either. And so this is the the type of shallow, short-minded thinking that we're all guilty of all the time. Because we often think that when the Lord says something, that the consequences are going to hit us immediately. It's like King David, you know, when he committed sin with Bathsheba, the consequences didn't hit him right in that minute. But the consequences followed him for the rest of his life. But for some of us, and for many people, if we don't do what the Lord says, the consequences aren't always even in this life. You know, they can be on judgment day that we find out. And so people, you know, they, they, they probably didn't keep this Sabbath year of rest. Everything seemed to be fine. But eventually it caught up with them as a nation and they went into exile. And they were in exile for 70 years and the land had rest. There was no harvesting for 70 years and the land had a break. And so I think the thing we can learn from this is when the Lord tells us to do something and uh, you know, as New Testament Christians, his leading isn't necessarily, it's not these things. He's not telling us to have a Sabbath year of rest for our land, um, but there are, you know, we are led by the Lord. We're led to follow him. We're led to share the gospel with our neighbors. We're led to be people of love. Now, the Lord leads us to be these types of people and we need to have a big heart to follow. And um, if we don't, we find that there's adverse effects in our own life. It, It may be that we still go to heaven, we're still saved, but we may have regrets on that day that we didn't live for the Lord as we really should have. In the second half of this chapter, it talks about Jubilee. So every seven lots of these sevens, that adds up to 49, that add on an extra year, a 50th year, and in that 50th year was the year of cancellation of all debts, freedom for all slaves, all land returned to its original owners. So it was an incredible year, a year where everything was like reset. They talk about, in in our modern culture, they talk about the Great Reset. This is not the same thing. (laughs) If you've heard anything about the Great Reset in in uh, the news or in the media, this is not anything like the year of Jubilee. This is, a, a, is something different. There may be some similarities in some ways. But no, when the children of Israel eventually got into the land, the land was split up between them and everyone was given a piece. And those, that was their inheritance. And they could sell their land off if they needed to, um, but when it came to Jubilee, their family got the land back because it was their inheritance. And what they were really selling wasn't the land itself, they were selling the rights to the farming of the land. And so that's how it worked. And if someone sold off their land, but then later on they came into money, they could actually redeem their land and buy it back. And in the story of Ruth, we've got a man called Boaz who's actually one of these redeemer figures. So you've got Ruth comes back, she was married to someone who had died, but they had sold the land off and when she came back, you know, there's her land, but someone else has got the harvesting rights to it, and she can't do anything. She's effectively poor. But she marries Boaz. Boaz becomes the Redeemer. He redeems the land. Well, along with redeeming the land, he gets to marry Ruth. And um, so the inheritance is redeemed. But if it wasn't redeemed, there would have been at some point a Jubilee year, and the land would have been restored. And so that was what was this whole chapter was describing. And what we've got here in this chapter is once again, like so often in Leviticus, a picture of Jesus. First of all, you know our lives were sold. We lost the rights to our own land, which is our lives. But the Lord is our Redeemer. And because the Lord is our Redeemer, there's this day where there's a day coming when we are all will experience jubilee. And the truth of it is, the day that we're saved is jubilee. It's the day that we find life and freedom. The slaves are free. We're released from our sin. We're released from our bondage. We're given our inheritance. The truth is, if you find Christ, what you're really finding is jubilee. It's all really wonderful. Lord, we thank you for jubilee. We thank you that in Christ we have jubilee, freedom from sin, freedom from slavery, Lord, freedom being given our inheritance in the saints. Lord, I thank you that these pictures are not only an example of uh, you know a wonderful way that society can function, but they're also just a picture to us of what it's like to be in Christ, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. And uh, so we thank you, Lord, that we've been given such a precious place and we've been given such a precious inheritance in Jesus. Amen.